Welcome to WDW for Families, the original family-friendly trip planning podcast, helping you plan your Disney vacation for over five years. All right, welcome to WDW for Families, and we are here on a European podcast maybe tonight as we talk about Disneyland Paris and this feels like it's kind of like the second podcast in a row we've gone outside of our comfort zone but hey that's where we're at tonight and we are here with a crew consisting of Stephanie Stephanie say hello to the listeners out there hey everybody yep yep. Stephanie is there okay Randy is also here I'm here yeah and Back for the third week in a row, we haven't run him off yet, our newest cast member, Kevin. How are things in Texas? Well, it's uh, football playoff season, so as you can imagine, it's amazing. Yeah, football, it's, it's a crazy, uh, crazy. Uh, Randy and I and Stephanie all have ties to the number 17th ranked team in the nation as they are rolling along this year. All right, well, let's, let's let them play a team from Texas, and we'll find out. Well, they beat the 7A state champs out of Alabama and Georgia, so I think they're legit. Yeah, so, sounds like it. Let's do it. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So, anyways, we are talking about a little Disney World or Disneyland Paris tonight. And so what we're going to do is Stephanie has just got back from Disneyland Paris, and I know this is another one of those bucket list type episodes, you know, if you're a Disney fan. I think there are several things you want to do. Like, uh, for example, give us give us a Disney bucket list thing, Randy. Uh, I, mean, I think for me, I just recently stayed at the Grand Floridian. So staying at like the flagship resort at Disney World, that could be a bucket list thing. Yeah, that's definitely one of them. What about you, Stephanie? I would say uh, trying to do all four parks in one day um, is kind of a fun little bucket list challenge. Yeah, okay. Kevin, what's another one? What would you say? Well, I, I, for me personally, I want to go to one of the parks overseas. I mean, I've, I've done Disneyland at Disney World, but I want to go to something that's unique that a lot of people don't ever get to do. Yeah, I think some, you know, I think there are a lot of these out there. I think a lot of people want to go to both Halloween parties, one in the on the West Coast and one on the East Coast. I think a lot of people want to stay at, you know, at, at the Disneyland Hotel. I think the Disney Cruise Lines are a bucket list thing for a lot of people. So tonight we're checking up another one of those for one of our guests or one of our hosts as Stephanie was able to go to Disneyland Paris. And Stephanie, you join Randy and I as members of this cast who have been to Disneyland Paris. Kevin, unfortunately, once again this week, you're the odd man out. It is. But you, get to, you, get to, you get to ask some exciting questions, though, right? Oh, yeah. So. So let's go ahead and start. I'm going to ask the first question. I don't usually do that, but we're just going to interview Stephanie about her experience at Disneyland Paris, and Randy and I will also chime in. And since this is WDW for Families, the Internet's original family-friendly podcast about Disney World, we want to make this kind of a trip planning thing. So first of all, Stephanie, when did you decide that you wanted to make this adventure over to Disneyland Paris. And how long of a journey was this from you starting to kind of plan this to the time that you guys actually took the dive and got on that plane? Okay. So this actually, this trip was a long time in planning and, uh, and dreaming. 
Um, it happened a couple of years ago. Um, my daughter just kind of flippantly said, I really want to go to Paris. And um, so we had the opportunity uh, to begin planning a trip overseas. And as those things typically can happen, um, it grew <laughs> and it multiplied. So what originally was just a trip to Paris became Paris and then became Disneyland Paris. And then I thought, well, if we're already going to be over there, we've got to go to London. So then we, we pulled in London. And so, um, so it was kind of an epic trip. And I just really felt like um, since we were already going to be in Paris as a huge Disney fan, um, and of course my family are huge Disney fans as well, that um, we couldn't go all that way and not go and check out Disneyland Paris. So um, I kind of planned around, um, and I, I was able to kind of plan it to be on my daughter's birthday. So she, um, goodness, I mean, talk about like a dream come true. <laughs> she got to celebrate her 13th birthday at Disneyland Paris. So um, that's sort of how we kind of started out and um, are bouncing out off point for the trip. So it didn't start with Disneyland Paris. It started with Paris and then you added Disneyland to it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it started. But but we kind of knew in the back of our minds, we're going to do, I mean, we're that close, so we're going to do Disneyland Paris. Um, but yes, the overall trip was mostly to go to Paris. Well, so one of my questions is, in the in the planning process, I mean, uh, I mean, you're you're a travel agent, so that that helps. But like for just the average person who's planning something like this, what is kind of the the first thing I need to plan? Do I need to plan around a flight, or do I need to plan around a certain day at the park? Because I know at Disney World they've got that reservation system now. Um, do I what are there certain like holidays or, that I need to be aware of? Like what? Are, where do I start with the planning process? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, that will actually kind of vary from person to person, Kevin. But for the most part, I think you need to know um, the best time that your family is able to visit. Um, and of course, I've got a little bit older kids. I have like middle school and high school. So we were a little bit restricted and we knew we had to go off school times. So um, what worked best for us was towards the end of May. And um, we didn't really plan around any special events at Disney. Um, we, we just sort of worked it into what was already our trip. So I think your initial thing is figuring out what dates work for you. And um, again, for us, we had two big entities. We had Paris and we had London. And I had to figure out um, how many days we wanted of each and then how to squeeze in Disneyland Paris too. Um, and, and, you know, still be able to see the things we wanted to see. So I don't know if I'm answering your question exactly, Kevin, on that one, but. No, no, I think that's good. So yeah. where did you stay and how many days were you in the park? Okay. So that was a hard thing because honestly, I, I really wanted to stay on site. Um, you know, part, I feel like part of the overall experience is being able to stay on site and, and so I wrestled with that a lot, but just, um, 
to make things a little bit a little bit simpler, I ended up we stayed at the same hotel in Paris, and we ended up taking I booked private transfers to Disneyland Paris, which um, it's about forty five minutes away from Central Paris. Um, so we had that set up, and he picked us up, and he drove us in, um, and then we had a specific pickup time as well. And he drove us back to the city. Um, and so, but there are other ways you can do it. Of course you can stay on site. Um, they have a train that will take you straight into what's considered Disney village, which that's sort of their version of downtown Disney. Um, so, but for us, um, it just was easier to not have to pack up our stuff a couple of times um, we already were going to have to pack up to go from Paris to London. And so logistically it was easier for us to just go for the day. Um, and then along with that, Randy, I'll, I'll answer. Hopefully I won't step on toes. What was the next question? But um, of course we were a little time crunched and I kind of researched that a little bit and we decided we were going to do both parks in one day. And we knew, we knew it was a, a big undertaking, um, but I just felt like I didn't want to take up a ton of time um, from our touring in London. So we decided to do the pass that had both parks. Awesome. Okay. So it sounds to me like this was not the impetus of your trip. Unlike I think Randy and I's trip where we spent, a considerable amount of time at Disneyland Paris. Sounds like you guys just went one day. Of course, we went to run the half marathon out there. So that was kind of the main event of our trip over there. So what percentage, so is, am I correct in assuming you only spent one day at Disneyland Paris? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. We did, we spent one really full day in Disneyland Paris. Um, I, I don't, I don't really recommend that. I think if in hindsight, if we could have had enough time, it would have been better to do two days. Um, I feel like, you know, we got the highlights done, but it felt rushed. Um, there wasn't enough time to kind of soak things in um, and really kind of go through things slowly. So if ideally, if you're able, two days is great. Um, and I think you can get all the things done within that time period. You know, that's kind of my next question. What I was going to follow up with Stephanie, like I, Randy and I, and you have now been there. What would you say, Randy? I'm going to ask Randy first, and then we'll get to you since you just kind of answered the question. How many days would you spend in the parks at Disneyland Paris? What, what would your ideal amount of time be? Ideal. What I would do is one day in land, uh, one day in the studios and then one day for cleanup. So, you know, the, the, the third day is go back for what you like and, and, you know, so, soak up the extras. Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that. I think the maximum you're going to do at Disneyland Paris, I think after three days, you're kind of getting into that. Okay. We've been there, done that territory, but I think two to three is your sweet spot here. I think one day is pushing it a little bit. Uh, because you don't really, I mean, you don't get to enjoy and re I, I don't feel like you would get the chance to, in, to just kind of slowly enjoy a lot of things. Cause there are some things like, um, 
you know, there are some things like Disney Village that are worth checking out. I mean, Disney Village is a fraction of the size of downtown Disney or uh, or Disney Springs, but it is there's still some things there to check out. So, and I'm sure certain, certain, I'm certain that uh, that there are ways to expedite how long you have to wait in lines that would detract from your day. So, just uh, Kevin is going to ask that question next, actually. Yeah. So, I'm not going to get to that question, <laughs> Stephanie. If you had, if you were to say, would could do you think you could have enjoyed two or three days there? Oh yeah, I think definitely. I think, like I said, I think two days. Maybe like Randy said, maybe, maybe two, three days where you have, um, I, I would still do park to park tickets. Um, cause I, I like the ability to bounce back and forth. Um, similar to Disneyland, California, the parks are just, the entries are right next to each other. So it does make that a whole lot easier to be able to do that. Now you're still walking a lot. Um, but um, yeah, I would love to have had two days because I felt like in our one day we got a bunch of stuff done, but there were things I would have liked to have like repeated or one or two like smaller attractions that I would have done. Okay, so you so l- let me ask a clarifying question and then I'll ask my other question. So the first question is, so there are two parks. I don't think we really talked about this yet other than you alluded to it. So there's Disneyland and then the studios. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. So Disneyland park and they spell it with a C. (laughs) Um, And then, which is, which is very similar. It's kind of a mesh between Walt Disney world and Disneyland. Um, And then they have the Walt Disney studio, which I believe is, was set up to be similar to California adventure. Um, in California, um, it doesn't quite, it doesn't quite measure up to that, but it's, it's, I mean, because it's different, but, um, it does have its own (laughs) unique qualities to it as well. Okay. So, um, I, when, when I, when I have to go to Disney and plan everything out, I'm definitely planning out things like, you know, used to be fast pass. Now we got genie plus like, what are my requirements, so to speak for, uh, kind of planning a day Are are there anything like that, uh, that I need to be concerned about? Yeah. So, um, just giving you an example of the way that we planned our day. Um, we just basically printed out maps of both parks And we would go through and we circled the attractions that we really wanted to do. Um, And that way we kind of had a feel for, okay, does it feel like we can actually accomplish this in a day? Um, Or is it like, this is way too much. Um, So, but we doing that, you sort of go in with a general game plan. Um, So, you know, okay, we want to hit these five things in Walt Disney Studios, and then we want to hit all the other things in um, Disneyland Park. Uh, So I think that's kind of a good step one in planning your park day. Um, We haven't talked yet about their fast pass system. Um, Disneyland Paris was sort of the first park to go to that system where it's basically pay per ride. Um, And they have... Theirs is called Premier Access. They have two different ways to do it. 
you can get one that's like a, a pass for all the rides, all the attractions. And um, it was too much money. <laughs> it was more money than we wanted to spend. Um, but um, they also have one called Access One. And that, that option is you can pick and choose which attractions you want to pay for. Um, I'll just say this right here. My husband is very cheap. Like very frugal. cheap. Frugal. Well, he's cheap. And I bless his heart. I, you know, we entered the park and I said, I'm just going to tell you, I'm paying for a bunch of rides. Um, I want you to know that. Get yourself comfortable with that. And he, he struggled. I'll tell you, he, <laughs> the first two rides, he struggled. I said, we have limited time. And I want to get through, I want to do these things. So, but after about the second one, he was good. But um, yeah, we, so we did take advantage of that. And we used that system to kind of pick and choose uh, which, which attractions we wanted to do. Are all the rides the same price? What, give me a ballpark. How much it costs? No, they're not. Um, it's, it's similar to Disney World's Lightning Lane um, individual attractions where, they're different prices and um, they could be different prices according to the crowd size as well. Um, so I, I can't give you, I can't remember off the top of my head, the pricing, but I would say maybe like it was about what Disney worlds are. So somewhere between maybe 10 and $20 a ride. So it was pretty pricey. Um, there is one thing I want to mention before we get too far into it, too. Um, when we talk about planning and we talk about tickets, um, one huge tip I would give our listeners is if you're going to go to Disneyland Paris, don't try to wing it and get tickets when you get there. Um, for instance, when we were there, we, we rolled up and, of course, I told you we had transfers they had all this, the neon signs saying the parks are sold out today. Um, and we thought, oh, there's going to be some disappointed people. But, of course, we already had our tickets um, and our date-specific tickets. Um, so I would, I would recommend to everybody, if you're going to go, just go ahead and get the tickets ahead of time. Um, you know, it's like if you're going to go to the parks in USA. If it rains, it rains. <laughs> You bring a poncho and you go anyway. So um, I'll throw that out there too. So what makes, in your, in your mind, you know, from your perspective, why is it worth going? Because, you know, a fair amount of the rides are the same. They got the rock and roller coaster. They got the Ratatouille ride. They've got, you know, the same things we have at Disney World, Disneyland. So why is it worth the journey? Or, or, or maybe it's not worth the journey. Yeah, you know, um, for me, it's, it was worth it. Knowing some of the rides were similar didn't bother me. Um, in fact, that sort of intrigued me. Um, you know, everyone had said, oh, that's the best um, space mountain, hyperspace mountain. And I thought, um, we'll see. Well, in my opinion, it was. It was fantastic. Um, so I, I enjoy seeing what's different. Um, and eat in the same rides that you can find in land and world. And, and it's nice having been to both sides in the U S and being able to kind of compare. And of course you have things like they did, they had the first Remy's Ratatouille. 
So, you know, it's fun writing that and seeing, is it just like it is in world or is it different? Um, so that doesn't bother me. I also, I like seeing a completely different culture within the parks. Um, you know, it's just, everyone's packed in for one thing. Um, of course, I was the only one that spoke a little bit of French and it was a little bit, I'll emphasize that. But like, so I taught Tyler, my son, Tyler, I taught him how to say, excuse me. And um, of course he was walking through the crowds, excusez-moi, excusez-moi, <laughs> like yelling, like yelling. And I was like, dude, that's not exactly how you use that. <laughs> um, so just, I mean, seeing just the cultural differences, I also noticed um, there are hardly any people wear like Mickey Mouse stuff. Um, there were not many um, mouse ears around. I was like, so surprised. Sorry, my dog's acting up. I was so surprised by that. And I just, I, I, you know, you're used to going to parks and seeing so many different people with the, with the Disney gear. And so, um, yeah, that was shocking a little bit. I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most about Disneyland Paris was just the aesthetic difference. Like you get used to the way that the Disney world looks and even Disneyland looks and Disneyland Paris has more of a, and you guys can agree with me or not agree with me. I, I think it looks a lot more like Disneyland. Uh, it mm -hmm. feels a lot more like Disneyland. It doesn't feel as circular. There are paths you can meander down and not necessarily know exactly where it's going. There's nice little touches kind of hidden away in places at Disneyland Paris. I like, I like those kind of things about it. Um, and I know that some of the, some of that is the familiarity that I don't have with that park, but it is there. They went all out in decorating the park over there. And I did, I do like that. Um, and, uh, and we should add substantially over budget to do so. <laughs> well, one thing I would, I would point out about, or I would like Stephanie to point out is, you know, it's been a few years since I was there. Are there any new updates? What's the biggest, nicest, shiniest new attraction there at Disneyland Paris? I don't know if it's, if there's anything majorly shiny yet. Um, well, I do feel like, of course I didn't experience this, but they're building the um, Avengers campus. So that will be, but um, I, I feel like for us, the big different ride was um, Crush's Coaster. Um, and that one was um, just different from any of the normal rides we've done. So maybe, I, I guess that would be the big major attraction. And that's, I guess, the, the reason, I would say, that's the reason for going to the studios. Like, uh, did you find the, the second park, the, you know, the studios park, as disappointing as, as uh, I found it and as people say it is? Yeah, um, aside from the crush, Crush's Coaster, there wasn't a whole lot um, of major stuff for us to experience there. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, it still is worth doing and it's worth checking out for sure yeah i think um, i may amend my prior statement that that you might need three days and say that if you're dedicated you could do disneyland one day uh the studios the next day in the morning 
and then go back over to Disneyland to, to finish your trip. I think two days might be enough. Okay, yeah. So my, my question is going to be this. So when I'm at Disneyland, I walk into Disneyland Park and see Sleeping Beauty Castle. And then more majestic than that, at least is in my opinion, in Magic Kingdom, you've got Cinderella Castle. So when I'm at Disneyland Paris, I walk into the gates, looking down Main Street, what am I going to see? What kind of castle? What's What am I looking at? Yeah, so that's a major thing, I think, too, is, I, of course, I haven't been to uh, Shanghai, but I feel like the castle um, in Disneyland Paris is probably, I mean, this is my own personal opinion, it's probably the most ornate castle. Um, it's it's Sleeping Beauty's castle. Um, and I the thing I love about it is um, it's got, you can go underneath the castle and you've got, there's a dragon. Uh, like I wanted it to breathe fire. It does not breathe fire, um, but um, it glows. It's very dark under there and it glows green and it's just a neat little, extra that you can check out and see um, that you won't find in any of the other um, castles. So um, it, it's a beautiful castle. It's neat. Um, they've got even the, uh, the shrubbery is, is <laughs> trimmed in like squares and circles and neat shapes. So just from an architectural standpoint, um, it's just different from the rest of the stuff that we've got here in the U.S., I liked that dragon a lot. That was one of my favorite features at Disneyland was the dragon. I I spent probably too much time fanboying down there in that area, like watching the dragon over and over just so I can remember. Um, Real quick, I'm going to insert a question here. Stephanie, what what were your thoughts on uh, two of the most iconic rides at Disneyland that have major differences at Disneyland Paris? First of all, Pirates of the Caribbean and second, Phantom Manor. Give us your thoughts on those two attractions. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I can only speak to one. Um, so we we did Pirates, but we weren't able to do Phantom Manor because, I know, it's a disappointment. Um, every time we were trying to get the premiere pass for Phantom Manor, it was closed. Um, so we did have trouble. But Pirates, I absolutely loved. Um of course, it, it's not as long as Disneyland, but it's, it's different. Um, and I love um, somewhat like land. I love that you kind of go past the restaurant, um, which is kind of neat. But, um, and, it, and it did have, I don't know how many spoilers I should be giving. Uh, well, but you, if, if you don't it, want it spoiled, fast forward 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. But it did have like multiple drops to it. So I was like, this is a great pirates. Um, but I loved it. Was it better than land to me? No, but it's hard to beat Disneyland's pirates. Well, so w- just uh, well, wait till you make it out to, to Shanghai. It beats it. But having said that, is it, you know, so does this make you want to go to another overseas park what, what are your thoughts on that? It does. I mean, 
Eventually. Um, I know it'll probably be a long time coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think that's kind of a long-term bucket list for me is I would love to go to all the parks. Um, again, I don't think it will happen anytime soon, but, um, but yeah, I'd love to, I'd love, love to go to Tokyo. I mean, all of them, I'd, I'd love to do all of the parks, but yeah, it's going to take me a little while to get there. So are they, is the, is the park specifically Disneyland park? Is it, is it kind of laid out the same? I mean, you still got Tomorrowland, Adventureland, Frontierland, you still have Fantasyland. Is it, is it pretty much the same or is it just very different? Well, um, first of all, I don't know if I've mentioned this on here. Um, I'm a little bit directionally challenged. Um, you could blindfold me in Magic Kingdom and I'd be great. But if you put me in another park, um, I, I tend to get lost. I know this is terrible because I am a travel agent. I realize that. But um, <laughs> just self-reflection here. Um, so I might not be the best person to answer that, Kevin. It felt really different for me. I don't know. Todd's shaking his head. Todd, do you have anything to say on that? Well, just a couple of things. They, they really lean into the Wild West aspect of America. So uh, the frontier land is where the Haunted Mansion is. And a lot of that area is more westernized than, than what we have in New Orleans Square or in, you know, or in Liberty Square. And then um, their, their, their version of Tomorrowland is more Jules Verne than it is outer space. So it's very steampunk. Mm -hmm. So they don't, they don't, they don't do a lot of the, the, spaceships and stuff it's more like uh well yeah i mean it's their it's their kind of victorian age spaceship kind of stuff like the the man to the moon old black and white films and uh around the world in 80 days kind of stuff and space mountain was kind of themed after that originally there in paris uh it's not there are some differences but they do have the traditional lands for the most part randy what about uh, food? Did you eat anything special? Do you see anything special on the food front? Okay. So um, that's one of the things I would say is kind of a tip for people. Um, I think it's important to kind of bring your own snacks. I, um, we tried a couple of things that were kind of like snacky treats um, along the way, but nothing really kind of knocked my socks off. Um, we, we went into it, though, I should say, we had planned for a nice dinner. So um, with it being my daughter's birthday, we had I had made a reservation at um, Bistro Shea Remy's, um, which is a cute little, it's a cute little restaurant. You can see it at, as you get off of the Ratatouille ride. And it's set up for you to feel like you're actually a mouse. So everything is kind of oversized. Um, you know, you're, you've got the giant spoon and fork and all, everything in there is, is larger than life. Um, it's very fun. It's a neat place. Um, the, the food is authentic French food, which some people may love if you're adventurous and some people may not. Um, but, um, the, the thing we laughed a lot about in Paris, but especially Disneyland Paris, is we don't, we don't, we're not big soft drink drinkers. Like we try to drink a lot of water. We try to be healthy. But 
Oh man, in Paris, mm, if you <laughs> if you want to order just a plain old water, oh you are so frowned on. Mm, they're like, do you want do you want sparkling water or still? And we were like, still. And they were like, mm. they turned their noses up at that. Um, so we kind of laughed about that. We we're like, oh, still water, gross. Um, but we still drank that. And then, um, so we had, we had the meal at Remy's and they do sort of like, it's like a prefix menu. So you can get like an appetizer, an entree, um, and, and there's different ways you can do it there. So we did that. And then we, I had ordered the Mickey cake, which that was exactly like it is in world and land. Um, just the cute little Mickey mouse cake. And it was, it was delicious. So, um, but as far as food goes, I think you're better off to kind of bring some of your own stuff and then snack along the way. We, we did eat a quick lunch that we kind of shared. It was at a pizza place and it was not good. Um, <laughs> So anyway, I recommend bringing snacks. I'm going to jump in real quick here because we just kind of skipped over the fact that you didn't stay at a Disneyland hotel, which is totally fine. And I, I understand why you didn't, but I think some of our listeners would maybe like to know what those options would be. And I think we kind of reviewed that on our last Disneyland Paris podcast we did. But as far as I remember, and this is this was my recollection because when we ran the Disneyland marathon or half marathon out there, we ran through all or the other two uh, resorts that you can't see there on property. On property there at Disneyland Paris is the Disneyland Hotel Paris, which is not just on site. It is on site. I mean, it is there. And as you walk into the park, it is the first thing you walk into. It's almost like a, where the train station would be at Disney World. And then there are two, what we would call, out, what they would consider moderate resorts that are kind of priced like deluxe would be the next level down that are just, you know, just a hat or just two blocks away from Disney World, Dis Disneyland Paris or less actually probably. And uh, they're just sitting there in that level. And then there's one that I'm not sure that the construction is done on the, on the hotel New York yet, but they have these two other, what they would call value resorts that are off, that are kind of away from the park a little bit. And when I say value, I mean value. Cause we ran through those parking lot or we ran through those hotels when we're running the, the uh, marathon. And I was, I was stunned that those were actually, Disney hotels. They, I think you're going to be shocked if you see them. Um, I'm not trying to be a Disney hotel snob. I'm just saying that that wasn't what we're used to with our, even with our pop century and all-star resorts. Randy. Yeah. I, I don't mind being a, the hotel snob and I'll say that expect it to be a class lower than what you're used to at Disney world. So even the Disneyland hotel, which is the flagship, the awesome place, it's not as nice as, you know, Disneyland in Florida, a hotel. It's not as nice as grand Floridian. Like it's nice, but it's not like those. And then when you go to like, you know, the Newport or, or uh, the Sequoia lodge or the New York hotel, like those, they're going to call those the more deluxe level, but you know, my experience was, you know, don't expect the air conditioning to be on. Um, you know, they're not as well kept. 
they're just not going to be as nice. All right, we're just going to mop up the podcast here. We're running a little long, but we don't want to forget some little questions. So everybody come up with one last quick hit question that we're going to ask Stephanie about Disneyland Paris and her trip. And we're going to start with Kevin. Kevin, are you ready with your question? Let's go ahead and hit hit it, hit it there. Yeah, so uh, one question that I've got is, I know you you were there for a shorter amount of time than you wish you were, but if if there was one thing that you wish you would have done that you didn't do, that you would say you absolutely need to do this whenever you go, what would that be? Something we didn't do? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, something you wish you would have done, but also maybe something that you just think you have to do this whenever you go. Yeah, well, a couple of things. I mean, I, it, that's hard. I think you got to do Crush's Coaster. Um, it's different from, like I said earlier, it's different from the stuff we are used to. Um, it's just unique. Um, I feel like you've got to do that. Um, if I had it to do over again, too, um, I would have liked to have eaten in the restaurant that's in Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I've the name of it has slipped my mind right now, um, but I I had trouble getting that reservation and I would have I would like to do it again. I'd like to eat there. That's where we ate when we were there and it was it was sure. neat. Uh, I, I thought it was OK. It wasn't our favorite restaurant we ate in over there, but it was nice. Randy, what's your quick hit question for Stephanie? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, the the water, uh, the, the cultural difference in the water. What other cultural moments did you have maybe in, in and around the parks? And, uh, you know, that, that, that made it different. Um, yeah, so, well, this may have been mentioned on our previous podcast, but I'll just reiterate so some of the attractions are in three different languages. Um, some are in one, some are in French only. <laughs> some are in English and French. Some are in Spanish, English, French. Um, and it's very interesting because it also can switch mid attraction. Um, and it's just like, a unique back and forth. And it's kind of interesting for your brain. Cause you're like, wait, are we, Oh, we're English now. Oh no, this is French. Um, so it was kind of a challenge for my brain. Um, culturally just, um, bouncing between the languages. Um, and again, I, my high school French, um, <laughs> you know, I'm getting older. Let's just face it. It's hard for me to remember all that stuff. Um, some of it slowly was coming back to me, but, um, anyway, that's a cultural difference. The whole, um, as I mentioned, just not a lot of, of Disney gear, N not many ears. I mean, there were a handful of people I saw with ears. That's very different. Um, just a massive amount of people. I feel like overall, um, granted I was there one day, but overall, I feel like you wait in the lines longer than your typical U.S. rides. Um, and I know that has to do with crowds and stuff, but I felt like overall just there was a whole lot more waiting. Okay, so 
just a couple of things. You only were at Disneyland Paris for one day. How long was your trip quickly? What were the other highlights of the places you went? Just want to touch on that. And then I'll get one last Disneyland Paris question. Okay. Gosh, that's a loaded question, Todd. But um, overall, our trip was 10 days. Um, Of course, two of those days on the front and back end are travel days. Um, So it's hard to do a lot. Um, We did end up doing a little sightseeing on the on the arrival day. Again, you're jet lagged. So that's a little bit difficult. But um, I I used a company that I use for my family travel. And I like them because they have very unique experiences. Um, It's more oriented towards kiddos. And I love that because I didn't want to join a big group tour on things and have my kids be like extremely bored. Um, So I use this company and I picked and chose different things that we would be interested in. Um, Some of the highlights of what we did, we did a a pastry cooking class in Paris. It was fantastic. We had two chefs and they worked with us and it was hands-on. We did all the stuff. And at the end, we had all these pastries. <laughs> um, that was fabulous. Um, we did a tour of the Eiffel Tower. And our tour guide did a, a little booklet with the kids, which, of course, one of my kiddos was 17 at the time. He was so into it. It was fun to watch him. It was kind of like a challenge. Um, so they had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then another highlight in Paris, I would say is we did a photo shoot um, early one morning, it was 7am and it was in a spot overlooking the Eiffel tower. And I questioned it when I planned it, I I thought, is this worth it? And of course I'm the only female on today, but guys that the pictures that we took are like my, my favorite souvenir ever. I've got them hung in my room. I'm staring at them right now. Um, that was just really special. Um, and i I would do that again, hands down. Um, and then real quick in London, uh, we took the Eurostar, which I have flown in between both. And the Eurostar is fabulous. It is beautiful. You see the countryside. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, and then in London, we did a lot of fun stuff. It was right about the Jubilee time. Um, so there were a lot of people there. Um, but we, we did, we went and saw Wicked. Um, my daughter loves, uh, she loves musical theater and that was her birthday present. And so we did that. And then we also did a, uh, a Sherlock Holmes tour, which was fabulous. We saw a bunch of neat stuff when we solved a mystery. And then finally, another great thing we did in London was, um, we did a, uh, a tea, I did a tea with my daughter. And so we, it was kind of the traditional, London tea. Um, so we enjoyed that a lot. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, we did a lot of other stuff, but, um, those are just kind of a handful of things. It was kind of one of those, well, not kind of, it was, it was definitely one of those once in a lifetime trips, um, that was super special. And, um, we just, I'm not going to say we didn't have fights and bickering because let's face it, every family does. And if you don't, you're, you're kidding yourself, but, um, but overall, um, just to be together, uh, right before my son gets ready to graduate was super special. 
Yeah, I I really loved London. I, I, I when we went, I preferred London and it's kind of the differences between our families. We didn't do the Sherlock Holmes tour. We did the Jack the Ripper tour, which we really enjoyed. But I, uh, I was just wondering, this is the final question we'll ask you. I mean, we can, you know, if, if you're planning a trip to Disneyland Paris, uh, you may want to go back and check out the previous podcast we did on Disneyland Paris because we talked a lot more about the planning and that kind of stuff. This was more of a just updating you on what Stephanie's family did and, and how they enjoyed their trip out there. But Stephanie, would you on, I guess the question we asked the last time on the last podcast is, do you think you will ever return to Disneyland Paris? And if you did schedule a European vacation, would you include Disneyland Paris in your sightseeing? Um, that's a hard question. I, I don't think that I would go back. Um, and, and it's nothing negative towards Disneyland Park um, because I, we really enjoyed it. But I'm sort of the kind of person that is like, okay, we've done that. Um, and if I am traveling overseas <laughs> and making that like long, long flight, I feel like I'm going to see different things. Um, and I, even in Paris, if we go back to Paris one day, I'll see different things. I'll, I'll, I'll experience different things. So it's likely that I wouldn't go back to Disneyland Paris. Um, you know, of course I can change my mind, <laughs> but um, no, I feel like, I, I feel like we did a good job. Um, and I feel, I feel confident in the stuff we did. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. Uh, talking about Disneyland Paris tonight. And we will get back to more American Disney Worldish kind of stuff next week, as I think we have a really bizarre question that uh, one of our uh, cast members uh, came up with that we're going to talk about next week. So you're never too old to wish upon a star. <laughs>